Caution. Learning in progress. Hello, and thank you all for listening to Smarter Every Season. If you're new, this is the podcast that is brought to you by the product support team here at Precision Planting. If you've listened before, well, it's, I guess, just good to go ahead and remind everybody of that. My name is Tyler Hubert, and a couple orders of business today. First of all, what I want to get started with is, uh, if you listen to the last episode, you'll know that there's a couple voices that are departing from the Smarter Every Season podcast. Uh, Paul Harms and Nolan Kidderman are a couple that are are moving on um, to a couple other endeavors, and we will certainly miss them. But one exciting piece of that is that uh, we're going to work on bringing on some new teammates here who kind of have uh, some passion and some skills around being part of this podcast, and, and I'm certainly very excited about that. So without further ado, I want to introduce one of those team members, and I'm going to let Freya Watson introduce herself, even though I've, of course, just said her name. Um, but I'm going to let everybody kind of, uh, excuse me, I'm going to let her tell everybody a little bit about her background, uh, how long she's been with Precision, and some of the stuff that she's doing as, as a part of the product support team. So Freya, welcome. Well, thank you. So yeah, my name is Freya Walton. I got that right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. And many people on the phones struggle with that. It's a little, it was a little hard to wrap your hand or head around if you don't see someone say F-R-E-Y-A. it. F-R-E-Y-A. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I almost screwed yeah. that. You've heard me spell it enough times. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I grew up in north central Illinois, uh, just an hour northwest of here, um, outside of Kewanee, Illinois. I went to school at Southern Illinois University in but Carbondale. We won't, we won't hold that against you. That's that's probably <laughs> a good thing. I'm kidding. Yeah. But I can see where you're coming from. <laughs> so what led, what led you here? What led you to precision? What, what led me to precision? Well, it was a skip, hop, and a jump in different directions. Because as I was in school, I was actually an athlete. And um, though I decided I wanted to be in agriculture and I studied agriculture, I didn't get much actual time to be in the on the professional side of agriculture because I was too busy with athletics. Um, so right after school, I actually moved to Atlanta and I was at a insurance adjusting agency that mostly did like uh, catastrophe adjusting. So hurricanes, um, fires, stuff like that. And um, so I worked there for a couple of years. I moved back and then worked at a brokerage. So I was a commodity broker and we also had a crop insurance agency at the same place. So I did stuff in both of those areas. Um, I did not enjoy being the margin call girl, especially in 2020, calling people asking for money and not as a donation days on end <laughs> was not fun. In all honesty, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad, but we ended up, my husband and I moving back to Pekin, Illinois, which is right down the road, um, just to be closer to his family. And this was the place to work. So I applied, I conquered, I got on the product awesome. support team. Um, <laughs> I've been here for just about a year, August 16th. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Coming right up. on. Yep. Well, good. Glad to have you. 
So with that, we'll go ahead and dive into the topic that's going to consume most of the rest of the podcast episode today. If everybody will kind of remember back, episode, I believe it was 52 and 53, we interviewed a couple dealers um, about what they do for inventory management. And really the, the goal there was, yes, we want to know a little bit about the program that they're using, but what was the philosophy and the thought process that led them to that? And what are the things that they would just frankly pass on to other dealers out there who, who may be kind of going through that, that same inventory management evaluation or don't have yet a program? So what we wanted to do is kind of extend that conversation and pull in a couple guys uh, that are on our region manager team. And that's exactly what we're doing today. And I'll go ahead and kind of bring them on. And we're going to continue this inventory management conversation, but kind of from that region manager perspective, getting somebody, a couple somebody's actually pulled in that are out in the field working with many dealers on a regular basis. So I'm going to let them go ahead and introduce themselves. I've got Gavin Burgess and Matt Grove. And I'll start with you, Gavin, uh, just because G comes before M in the alphabet. Where are you from? What area do you cover? And uh, how long have you been with Precision? Yeah, Tyler, thanks. Um, so my name is Gavin Burgess. I'm the Eastern Iowa Regional Manager for Precision Planning. Uh, actually, I've been with Precision for right at about nine years. Uh, I live here in Eastern Iowa. Um, and I basically, my background is I uh, went to college for technology and ag and then went into a John Deere store, managed that for a few years before coming on with Precision Planning. Just really, my ultimate goal is to, is to help farmers adopt technology and have a successful run at it. Awesome. Matt? Yeah, good afternoon. Uh, as Tyler said, my name is Matt Grove. I'm a region manager for the Pacific West, which is basically from Montana to the ocean all the way down towards Arizona. I've uh, been with Precision Planning about four years now. I guess my, my brief history has been uh, through the John Deere dealership world as well for about 10 years, and then in ag retail, designing some precision ag programs uh, until I came to precision. So, you know, the, the one joyful piece about what we do is we have the opportunity to educate folks, continue to help them improve their lives and operations, and uh, the, the culture of precision, there's a lot of passion behind it. So it's a, it's a lot of fun and honored to be a part of this today. Cool. Love having you both. All right, gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and dive right in. Uh, in the episodes where we had the dealers on, there was three different programs that got brought up. Hans Jensen was using a program called Odoo. Uh, the Schliffs were using QuickBooks and Aaron Enley Inventory Now. Are those, I'll ask you guys, are those common ones? Are those ones you typically hear? Kind of comment on those. Are those, Gavin, I'll start with you. Are those common ones that you hear? Yeah, I mean, I would say QuickBooks is probably the most common you hear. Uh, I think it's because it's the most accessible, as well as guys use that for their um, business management software as well um, for billing and things. Uh, but I think as we look at moving down the road, I think these other programs tend to start to poke up because QuickBooks can kind of be a little cumbersome and these other ones are making it a lot easier. So go into that a little bit. What are the kind of pros and cons that, that you've heard or see from your experience with QuickBooks? Yes. I mean, guys with QuickBooks tend to have, like I said, tend to, they tend to start out with it because it's their billing process. And then they shift it over into the inventory process with that as they've evolved 
I think QuickBooks is tends to be designed for a very large scale operation. Uh, so as you think about our, our dealer network today, uh, we have dealers anywhere from the hundred thousand mark to uh, possibly the three plus million dollar mark. And so obviously within our realm, you have that different size too. Um, so I think with all in all with the QuickBooks side of things, it could fit some guys really well. Uh, and then other guys, it can just be really cumbersome and really time consuming uh, as they try to utilize that into their operation. So you were saying that, that you actually think QuickBooks is better for a bigger operation or a smaller operation? I think QuickBooks um, seems to be fit. I don't even know if I would say big or small. I'd say more of that high level of detail guy is where QuickBooks probably falls into. Gotcha. Okay. Matt, same question to you. Uh, what's what's kind of what you've seen on, on QuickBooks and um, are there any other programs that you commonly see guys use? Yeah, so as Gavin said, the QuickBooks is probably the most common, uh, and it, it does do a fantastic job as far as as far as payroll and, and integrating into other business systems. I think one of the, as we look at our premier dealer network, one of the cons is, uh, with it is it is cumbersome. You know, as we look at a part being inventoried in to it moving through their business process to you know, a point of sale direct to a grower, or it had to be pulled and allocated to an install that's going on either in the shop or on the farm. There's multiple ways to enter enter that in there. Um, there's creation of the, the actual work order inside QuickBooks. And so, so things can get lost in translation uh, through that workflow. Um, the other thing is with QuickBooks, as you look at it, if we go from the, the online version to the pro version, is there's a cost associated with that. So, you know, what part of that program works good for, for you and your dealership specifically? The inventory now has been one that started to pop up. And one of the pros for that is, is really it's mobile friendly. So it's mobile friendly for in-house for you and your employees. And it's also mobile friendly for the grower or producer if they need to send information or they need to identify parts uh, in season when they're actually going to a location that the premier dealer employee might not be there. So I, I think really with all of the programs that we have with QuickBooks or inventory now, it really just comes down to what are the things that are helping streamline your business? Cause I'm not sure that there's a perfect solution in any of them. So that actually, I think leads into my next question. Well, I think I know the answer to this. But in your opinion, is successful inventory management more about the program or a mentality? I would I would say absolutely the mentality, right? Uh, just having you know that diligence to to make sure you have a process in place that you know you want to keep track of that inventory from from the time it leaves Martin, Illinois, to landing on your dock to the final bill to that customer or the final billing on that install. It really is just making sure we're intentional about it and, you know, making it, making it fit your business specifically. Gavin, would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. I would have said, you know, somewhere in the 70% mental range, 30% the program itself. I think like Matt's saying, as we think about inventory management for our dealers in general, because they're all different, it's really finding the right one that fits their needs. The one that they're going to utilize, the one that's going to give them, the benefits, the tips, the pieces within it are going to fit into exactly what they're looking for. 
because you've got to remember, we've got farmer dealers, we've got business dealers, as well as just guys who are tech guys really into this. And so every one of them are going to find something that fits them better. So I don't want to discount the program, but you guys had both said generally more about the mentality. So the dealers who do a good job with their inventory management, what do they do that makes them successful? What's the mindset that you see that makes them succeed? Yeah. So, I mean, the dealers that are really successful at this, I think part of it is, is everybody in the organization is bought into it because everybody wants to know what pieces and parts are where, you know, at a certain time, especially in go season, as we get into season, uh, as we've got parts on trucks, parts in the warehouse, parts in uh, drop boxes, uh, farmers picking things up. You know, it's nice to have everybody bought in and know exactly where that's at. So organization is a big part of that. Continuing to adapt, though, to the changes. I mean, you just think about our business. A lot of these dealers could have up to 20, 30 different uh, businesses or vendors that they're working with. So not only that, their scale of their business is huge. And so they've got to adapt and continue to make sure that what program they're utilizing is giving them the best results that they need. So the guys that are successful are constantly looking at looking at that, reevaluating to make sure that they get get the best for their business. And then the people that are doing inventory management well dedicate space to that, whether that's a shipping uh, receiving area uh, within their shops or their businesses or just inventory space in general, they're dedicating space to that. Love it. Matt, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I think I, I would agree with Gavin on several accounts of having that dedicated space. But uh, another thing, as you said, we have a, a very diverse group of dealers from the farmer dealer's job to to understand inventory, to, you know, follow the process that works for them uh, in the business. But I, I think one coaching from the RM perspective it, in the in Pacific West region, for example, and, and Gavin may have a, a little bit different take on this, but Having that that key person, right? That is that's ultimately responsible for it as a whole. Um, you know, rather than having fourteen people responsible for checking parts in, and or maybe it's only a, a, a two person dealership, and you know, Joe did it this way and Frank did it this day. I, I think really just having that key person that it can come back to that says, okay, you know, I checked in these parts or I did an inventory count after the end of the season. And this is what I come up with. I think having that key person involved is, is a good item for, for coaching and, and trying to keep it all, all cohesive in the dealership. So if I understand that answer, it's, I think Gavin had mentioned this, that everyone is bought in. It's the responsibility of everyone but the coaching would be that there is one leader or flag bearer that is responsible for making sure everything is is clean and well reconciled. Is that? Am I hitting that right? Yeah, I think uh, I think you summarized that perfectly. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I had a I had an interesting one. Um, I completely agree with Matt that everybody has to be bought in. But yeah, I think there's one person that kind of takes the lead. So I had the opportunity to ride with our South Dakota regional manager uh, about two years ago here. And one of the dealerships he was working with had a kind of an inventory issue, um, family operation. Um, they had a, a secretary 
who was a, one of the siblings, the brothers did a lot of the installs. And one of the main concerns they had was is we were losing so much inventory. And it just goes right back to Matt's example of, well, we didn't know what we had when it came in, but we also had stuff on trucks. We had stuff in box vans. We had stuff in our warehouse. Uh, farmers were stopping in. No, who's doing the billing, who's doing that. But as we broke it down, one of the main issues that ended up figuring out was they had an inventory management system. Nobody was checking it in. <laughs> and so as we went through there, really nobody would like take ownership because they didn't realize that was their role or their job. But once we established that with their group, uh, with their dealership, one of them took ownership. Uh, we even threw out the idea because, you know, they're like, well, we get so many pallets in, you know, certain times of the year, like Matt talked about when we're getting huge shipments. Hey, maybe it's worth painting a yellow box on your floor of your shop where you're getting the deliveries. And anything that comes off of a truck goes in that area until it is checked in is not allowed to leave that area. So if a, if a tech needs a part, he can go to that area, grab that part, check it in, and then he can take it. But it cannot come out of that area until it's checked into that into that inventory system. We got a call from them about two months later. The RN called me and said, hey, they just called me and said they went through a whole season. Absolutely no issues. Inventory is spot on. They loved the, the ideas we gave to them. And so I think, like we said, like Matt's saying is, there's times when we get into this and dealerships expand and they grow and, and we're just running and gunning that we've got to assign that stuff. And I think this is where I was kind of talking about earlier, where we've got to adapt our businesses as we grow is that's one thing they forgot to do. They forgot to really say, Hey, this is kind of your job or duty to make sure overarchingly that we keep track of this they just assumed the other people were going to do it and, and nobody took ownership of it. So I think, you know, just everybody kind of keeping track of that is, is going to be a crucial thing, but one person kind of saying, you know what, it's my duty. Even if I'm gone, I know guys can pick it up and, and do a little bit of it. But when I get back, that's my job is to make sure all that gets put in. And there's so many, so many simple examples too. Like Gavin said, it doesn't have to be complex, whether it's a, a yellow box on the floor. I, I know a dealer out here, when it gets to their shop, they spray paint a red X on it. And they know that that hasn't been checked in. If they, if they are, know they're going to be away from it for a few weeks. And once that's checked in, it just gets a black line through it to know that that, that pallet's been, been received, you know, as, as Gavin said earlier, there's a lot of different vendors that some of our dealers work with and that dedicated space may be in a couple different locations, whether it's at a farm, whether it's at a warehouse or, or things like that. So whatever they do as a reminder to, to trigger them to use their business process, whatever that might be, it, it doesn't have to be complex. Okay. So you guys are giving us awesome little bits of wisdom on the flip side of tips that we're getting, I'm thinking of what are the hidden pitfalls that um, dealers might fall into with inventory? Like, for example, you're talking about a shared responsibility versus one person taking ownership of inventory um, and how that can change with the maturity of a business or how, how big the dealership is. 
Yeah, I think I think that's a great question, Fred. Because I think you know, as we were just just talking there, with having a, a flag bearer, as Tyler mentioned, or that point of contact, one of the other hidden things or or pitfall that can be overlooked is our RMA process. You know, as a dealer has submitted a ticket or has submitted a failure of a part in season, there's times that we can send that part out overnight or or red to get that machine down in the field, back up and going. And if we don't have a point of contact that is responsible for looking at those RMAs, there can be many times that a part that's supposed to be returned to precision for that specific case is, is not sent back or it's eight months later. Well, ultimately, that can be a hindrance to the dealership because they can get charged back for those parts. So I think really, really having somebody as that point of contact for their RMA and warranty uh, process in inventory management is is a critical point. So to kind of piggyback on Freya's question, are there other common issues or struggles that you hear from dealers in terms of inventory management? I think one that really comes up as we think about a dealer that hasn't managed inventory before is understanding that that initial step, and I think this is what holds a lot of guys up, of inventorying what they have can be really daunting and getting that all put into a system, whether it's a, you know, no matter what system we're using, whether we talk QuickBooks or Inventory Now or any of the other ones that are out there, it can be very daunting getting some of that stuff into these systems, getting it functioning right, correctly. But as you get it in there and take that time, it becomes a pretty easy process once the initial upload is in there. But I think that's something that guys, as they start to look at these different systems, I think it's a thing that holds guys back from wanting to do this because do we even have the time to do it? And so as we look at it from a step back from a business standpoint, it is totally crucial to get this done for your business as it grows. Uh, we hit on it earlier as these businesses evolve and grow, getting this in the sooner the better, because being able to say this is on that truck, this is in that box, wherever it may be, is totally crucial to maximizing that business's efficiency. So you may think today, spending two days inventorying everything, getting it put into the computer or multiple people probably uh, for some of these larger dealerships it's totally worth that in the long run um, to not have to be able to find parts randomly in a box here or there as we look at that. And I think to Gavin's point, taking that time, I think that's, that's a great opportunity to, to shore up your inventory as well. You know, there's, they could have had something that was common in, in some of our legacy or our earlier product with rums and, and different harnessing and stuff like that, that, that is sitting in the back corner of whatever warehouse it might be with four inches of dust on it. And I think going through to, to understand what the length of time is on, on some of your inventory and what you need to focus on moving, whether that's an outlet to another dealer, whether that's to, you know, some of the older customers on, on your list that can use those parts, trying to clean that up when you, when you start down this path to have a, a fresh clean slate is, is important. So gentlemen, how does this conversation change or how does the coaching around inventory management change 
as we've gone through the last couple seasons of supply chain challenges? Well, I think the as we look at the global supply chain and, and the fragile state it's probably in right now, with my guys, most of the conversations are around, man, I feel like I'm getting a lot of parts in right now. I'm, I'm getting most of them in. I can com- complete most of the builds most of the way, but I'm getting a lot of pallets sitting around waiting for this part or that part to come in. And it's a tough one because it hits your books as a business. But my message to my guys are, we're going to take it when we can get it because it may be six months, eight months, 10 months before we are able to order that part again. So if we have that part on our shop floor, in our inventory, that is a part that we now can sell to a grower without being held back on, hey, we are out of that part. And so I think as you as you look at that conversation with a dealer, it's understanding that if we can get something, we might as well take it because our growers are going to need it. That was Gavin. Matt, I'm going to come to you. Yeah, I, I think Gavin hit the nail on the head. I think that's that's absolutely the conversation that's happening. And I think there's there's another a second piece that comes into that conversation across a lot of the dealers is you know as we looked at allocation in having certain parts, um, you know we as Precision have done a good job of, of making sure that we have service parts uh, available to ship you know overnight again in those machine down scenarios. But I think that the conversation as a business owner and trying to maximize that customer experience is how am I managing my my allocation internally as well? Do I have service parts in-house on a local level that I can address some of those real-time needs in season? So, you know, looking at looking at their inventory and, and looking at the, the couple different buckets really they're trying to work with as far as a sold product to a, you know, maintenance parts bucket and then to a, a service part in season bucket is, is a critical conversation to, to continue to make the success of your business, um, you know, smooth and, and fluid through, throughout the different seasons and, and being able to not have that panic attack, right. With the, the challenges you mentioned, if I'm, if I'm standing there with, with four planners in the field and I don't have the product to service those four planners, um, that's going to create an unwanted stress uh, across the business and across employees. Absolutely. So guys, that was kind of all the questions that, that Freya and I had kind of sat down and generated going into this interview. I don't want you guys' wisdom to be limited by the questions I was able to come up with. <laughs> so what I want to make sure of is just to kind of give you guys the floor here at the end to make sure that we are hitting on all the talking points when it comes to inventory management. So I'm going to call on each of you kind of individually. Matt, I'll start with you. Is there anything that, that we've forgotten or anything else that you think this is important to bring up on this topic? Well, I think as, as we've talked earlier about the different systems with inventory now, you know, the plethora of programs or apps that are out there. And then, you know, like a QuickBooks that's, that's integrated into your business system. I, I think one important piece is, is to make sure that we've managed our inventory from start to finish from it leaving the door. But there, there's one other critical piece for your business and, and cash flow as a business is, is how are we billing that out, right? So if we look at inventory now, that tells us our inventory levels, but it doesn't bill it and I need to transition back to a QuickBooks 
really making sure that we have we don't have a blind eye to that process to to make sure that we get it built in a timely manner or you know we don't have a, a stack of sheets on the parts counter or on a shelf that everything that's gone out the last month and then we forget to bill those for you know 30 45 days because it, it can happen um you know as as region managers we get the benefit of seeing multiple different operations and that's that's something that does come up more than not is we know that the part's gone but we haven't we haven't billed the, the rightful owner of that part for it so that would be one thing i would say to, to be cognizant of to make sure we we know what that that final final step is in whatever process you choose gavin i'm going to come to you next yeah i mean i i think matt's right on with that one thing that i would uh, coach guys too is really watching inventory levels um, I think dealers have used precision as a just-in-time parts delivery uh, piece for quite a few years and it's worked out really well um, and that still is going to be a way to, to take care of customers as we have issues but I think as we look at building inventory systems out and businesses growing and, and digging into our stock uh, of what we have in inventory in-house uh, is going to be really crucial to know those levels. And I think that's one thing that guys tend to not track very well is how many in stock do I have of this item? What alerts me or how do I know when I get to a low threshold of that piece of equipment and which ones are not turning, which ones are dead money on my shelf that I need to, to get out of that inventory get some cash freed up but i can actually get into some inventory that that's moving more frequently than not and so i i would challenge dealers to look at their inventory systems and understanding what's moving what's not and that's all going to tie back into everything we've really talked about today of organization who's in charge of that system but really i think that frees up a lot for guys as they understand that side of inventory turns and low levels um, when we need to reorder because as, as you tie it back to precision and the way the current supply chain is th there may come a day when we may not be able to get it to you next day um, or in two days and so understanding how you can better manage that and understand when you need to reorder the other part it ties into is as we know what we need to order for in-season parts if we know what we turn every year and how many parts we use, we can put that on our stocking orders in the fall, get better discount levels to that, and be able to utilize that cash better in the in season um, because we've got less money tied up in it. Yeah, that makes sense. From a practical standpoint, like I'm even thinking of an example of if there are some systems out there that I believe will alert you when inventory gets low on a certain product. So maybe if that alert comes when you have two left, you need to bump that up to four so that you don't get into a spot where you potentially get burned. You, you have plenty to get you through a couple months of the year uh, should we not be able to replenish you in a day or two. Exactly. Okay, cool. Gentlemen, this has been a really good conversation. I've got a page full of notes in front of me just from, I thought, like great quotes that you guys kind of had. Um, one thing that I am really wanting to do with this with this podcast is make sure that I give you guys the opportunity and the floor to pass on 
any action items or key takeaways that you want to make sure come across to the listener. I know from talking to you guys a little bit ahead of time, you agree on this answer. So um, that makes it super easy because it doesn't matter at that point who I call on. So I'm going to start with you, Gavin. And one of the action item questions I have written down is, if you are someone that does not have an inventory management system in place, what do you recommend as the next step? I mean, guys, there there's a ton of free versions out there to go try. Um, I think that's an, that's an option to start with with any of these programs, just to, to dabble in it, see how it works for you, make sure it's the right one for your business. The other thing I would challenge you to do is reach out to another premier dealer. We have the most exciting team, great team uh, of dealers out there. And I don't know any of them that wouldn't be willing to help another one out on a topic like this. Reach out to them, find out what they're doing and how, how it's working in their business and what they like, don't like about it, um, pros and cons, obviously. And then go back home and reevaluate them yourself. But we've got to try because as the businesses grow, again, we've got to adapt and, and make them work for us. Matt, for someone that has an existing system in place, what would you recommend as an action item? Oh man, uh, there, there's a, a ton. And, and again, before we close up, this has been fantastic. Uh, this, this conversation could be a whole day's event of different experiences, but <laughs> those of you that have something, uh, I, I will, I would really challenge you just take a look at your frequency, take a look at, at your cadence, right? You know, as Gavin mentioned, as we talk about, you know, um, how long has the product been there? What, what does that flow through in the dealership? How many times do I have to refill and, and turn that product? Looking at your frequency and looking at as your business grows, you know, we, we all have growing pains. So we're not excluded from that at precision planning. But as we have part number changes, as we have portfolio expansion for different product lines, make sure that you're you're going through and you're changing and evaluating that uh, system that you're using on a, on a continued basis because as it, as it goes, it can be, if I was a guy using Excel spreadsheets and a, a simple clipboard, now all of a sudden I start looking into the future and I start looking at, you know, some of the, the exciting sprayer technology two years down the road when we really get into some of that, I'm going to have to handle that inventory a little bit different than I have been my doors field. So my, my takeaway would really be uh, your, your frequency of, of looking at your inventory and making sure we're evaluating that system to change as we change in our business. Matt, do you have any kind of recommendation on that too of a frequency? You know, it, it really depends. Um, and that's kind of the old standard answer that everybody used to say of the agronomy handbook is it depends. But when I, when I think about that for, for a guy who's just dedicated to precision planning, um, you know, he's really working that year round and, they're doing meter inspections uh, in the summer. They're starting to do their installs while our, many of our growers are out harvesting. So they're, they're looking at theirs more real time than uh, maybe some of our, our former dealers, some of the seed dealers or other, other short line dealers as well. So, you know, as a best practice, I guess, if I was going to coach my dealers, whatever segment they fall into, I would say at least once a month. Uh, the reason I say that is, as we look again, going back on the supply side, 
and as we're shipping orders, we have inventory hitting our dealership floors um, at least once a month for sure, if not more. So even in the even in the off season, making sure we have have a pulse of that inventory is is a good good opportunity. Matt, I loved your comment. I think that we could go on about this for days. This was awesome. Like I said, I got a page full of notes. I think this was a really good conversation. Uh, seems like a really good time for me to just pause and take a second and thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day to pass on some of your wisdom and experience uh, on this on this topic. So again, thank you very very much. No, thank you guys. It was a, it was a lot of fun and uh, look forward to another one someday. Well, we're going to take you up on that. Yeah, man. this is great. Yeah, we're going to take you both up on that. I think I think we can accommodate that, and it's uh, and it's always fun, you know, uh, to to work with other members of the team. Uh, you know, Gavin and I get to speak on the phone maybe a little more than we catch you guys in product support. So it's always always fun to chat. So, Gavin, what's the scouting report on Iowa Hawkeye football this year? Hey, I mean, I think we are we are poised for being a team that is is just going to fly under the radar nationally. But man, when we come to the end of the season, it's going to be going to be lights out and everybody's going to know who we are. So There you go, folks. You heard it here first. I, I will make sure I don't pass on that report, Gavin, even though I'm <laughs> in Idaho, Idaho now. My wife was a cyclone, so I got to be careful in the house from going black and gold to yellow in the room. <laughs> oh boy. See, I got to be I got to be careful cuz uh, I am an Iowa State graduate. Gotcha. <laughs> I didn't realize that rivalry was going to make it out here onto this uh, onto this episode, but there we go. I didn't know that about you, Matt. That your wife was a, a cyclone graduate. Yeah, yeah, she was, and she's she's proud of it. <laughs> most are, yeah, most are, from my experience. More proud than being an SIU graduate. That's well, I could give you a hard time as a as a Illinois State grad, but I think that's a podcast for another day. Yeah. We'll save that. <laughs> Gentlemen, again, thank you guys very much. Uh, appreciate you you're taking the time out of the day to pass on your wisdom again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, for everybody else that is listening today, thank you so much for making Smarter Every Season a part of your business, a part of your workday, a part of your day in general. And with that, I think on behalf of Freya Watson, who did awesome on her uh, first episode of Smarter Every Season, thank you for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. Look forward to hearing more of, of your voice in episodes so. to come. Yeah, me too. I definitely <laughs> think so. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a great day.